I know we're about a, a month removed from Christmas, but I want to talk to you about my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I want to talk to you about a specific scene from the movie, and it's a scene that makes me completely uncomfortable. Uh, it makes my skin kind of crawl, and I, I don't really like it. Uh, it's not because there's adult language or adult scenes. It's not because uh, there's some cheesy humor or slapstick humor. It's not because they're making fun of Jesus at Christmas time. Uh, the scene is from uh, a Christmas story uh, when Ralphie and Randy and their parents go to the mall to see Santa Claus. If you remember the scene, uh, his parents drop Ralphie off with Randy at the line for Santa and his parents go out shopping. And Ralphie and Randy walk up to the line and they get in line and all of a sudden you hear a dad say, Hey kid, where do you think you're going? And Ralphie says, to, to see Santa. And he says, yeah, well, the line starts back there. And so they go back to the line and they wait. And they finally get to the top. And do you remember how the elves and Santa respond? Santa has a kid on his lap. And he says, okay, get this kid away from me. And that kid goes down the slide. The elf grabs a kid by the arm and, and starts dragging him. and says, stop dragging your feet, kid. Let's go. Ralphie finally gets to sit on Santa's lap. And, a, and an elf gets right in his face and says, Come on, kid, we don't have all night. The whole scene is filled with people who are just mean, impatient, rude. And every time I see that scene, I, I can't help but put myself in Ralphie's shoes. And all I want to do is go home and lay in my bed and be in a house filled with people who are loving and kind and gentle, right? What is it that makes people act like that? What is it that, that gets people to a point where they seem to be producing nothing but poison in other people's lives, in their own lives? We just read from Galatians chapter 5 where uh, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. If we had to choose between the type of person we want to be around, do we want to be around the mean, rude, impatient, unkind person or the person who produces fruits of love, joy, peace, patience? The choice is obvious, right? We want to be around that type of person. Which type of person do you want to be? Again, I think it's an obvious choice. We want to be someone who produces love, joy, peace, patience. And if I were to ask you, which one do you fall into? He would probably say, I'm a loving, kind, gentle, mostly self-controlled. Uh, I'm a good person. This is the category I fit into. Until your kid is up all night screaming. Until your boss or professor drops an unexpected deadline uh, on your lap. Until your spouse leaves that thing in the middle of the living room for the fifth day in a row and four days in a row, you've told them to please pick it up. Until the meeting could have been done 45 minutes ago, but Steve keeps on talking. Until you fill in the blank, right? And then all of a sudden, we're not so kind, we're not so gentle, we're not so patient and loving and understanding then we do lose control. 
How do we produce fruits of faith? Fruits of the Spirit. Today, Jesus addresses all of this as he, he talks in John chapter 15. As we continue in this series, we're, we're looking at what Jesus has to say about himself. He addresses our issue. He tells us what's going to happen if we continue with this issue. But then he also tells us how he fixes the problem that we have. So we're in John chapter 15. John is... One of those books of the Bible that we call the Gospels, the biography of Jesus. And in John's biography of Jesus, in chapter 15, it's the night before Jesus dies. He's hours away from being crucified on the cross. Him and his disciples have celebrated the the Lord's Supper and the Passover up in the upper room. Judas, one of the twelve disciples, has already left to go betray Jesus. And so it's Jesus and the eleven disciples. They, They have left the upper room and they're on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is going to pray. It's on their walk that Jesus teaches the disciples and continues to teach, trying to pour everything into them that he can possibly pour into them before he dies. And commentators think, I don't know that we could actually prove this, but commentators think that as Jesus is walking, they pass some grapevines. And it's as they pass these grapevines that Jesus uses an object lesson to teach his disciples about himself. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. So as you picture this, they're walking down the streets of Jerusalem, out of uh, the city walls, out to the garden, and they're passing grapevines, and Jesus says, I am the true vine. His point Look, just like this vine is the life source for all of the branches, I am the life source for you. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And that's your first point this morning, is Jesus is the life-giving vine. Just like a branch needs a vine to give its nutrients and life, We, the branches, need Jesus to have life. This is Jesus' point. Jesus says, in me is life. Apart from me, there is no life. You will wither up and you will die. You need to be connected to me, Jesus says. Why is this important for the disciples to hear at this very moment? Because Jesus himself is about to die within 12 hours. And he wants his disciples to know that just because he dies doesn't mean there's not life in him because three days from then, Jesus is going to rise from the dead. In Jesus is life. Death is no longer connected to Jesus. The only time death is connected to Jesus is because he was true man for 33 years of his life on earth. That's the only time death could touch him. And it was only because he allowed death to overcome him. Death cannot harm Jesus. Death is not connected to Jesus. And when you are connected to Jesus, death is not connected to you. Why? Because Jesus has overcome everything that is connected to death. That means he's overcome your sin. When he died on the cross, 
He forgave you all your sin and your sin is no longer attached to you. You are clean from all of the sins that you've ever committed, all of the mistakes you've ever committed. You are, it's gone from you. Death itself is conquered and no longer attached to you because you are attached to the eternal life source that is Jesus. He is the true vine, and when you are connected to Him, you may die here on earth, but your life continues in heaven. You just change locations. Jesus is the true vine, and when we are connected to Him, He gives us the nutrients to be alive spiritually. He pours into us. And when we are connected to Him, we have His love. Love that that is unconditional, undeserved. We have joy knowing that death is conquered. We have peace, knowing that our sins are forgiven and we're at peace with God. His, jo- uh, his patience, His kindness, His goodness, His gentleness, His self-control pours into us and takes root in our heart. And when we remain in Jesus, and when we remain connected to that life source, He flows all that into our hearts, and then it goes out into our lives as we produce fruits of faith fruits of the Spirit. Jesus is that life source. And if we are having a hard time producing the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, we need to ask ourselves why. Why aren't we producing more of that? Why are we producing less and less and we're producing more poisonous fruit of being mean, rude, not gentle, not kind. The, the reason is this, and it's your second point, lack of fruit comes from a lack of connection. Lack of fruit comes from a lack of connection. Did you notice Jesus said, I am the true Vine. Why does he say true vine? Because oftentimes we attach ourselves to other vines that aren't true vines, but we look to them to be a vine, a a life source for us. This is what Judas did, wasn't it? Judas thought that life could be found in money. Judas said, Look, life is in money. I will have love, I can be more loving. If I have more money, then I can be more generous. Judas said, I can be more joyful if I have more money. Judas said, I can be more at peace if I have more money because then I'm not worried. I have security. Then I can be more kind, gentle, self-controlled if it's just more money. But do you know what fruits was, was produced by Judas when he connected to money? Betrayal. He produced deceit. He produced lack of love, actually hatred, to the point where he betrayed the Son of God. Judas connected to to money, and what did he produce? He produced poison. Not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And so if we are having uh, issues with producing fruit, we need to say, what life source am I connected to? Am I connected to the true vine or am I connecting to something else? Because it's really easy to connect to something else. It's easy to look for life in my job performance, in my GPA, in people's love and approval of me. 
It's easy to look for our life source and our boss's attitude. But the thing is, is that all of those things do not produce life. And will not, because it doesn't produce life, it will not produce fruits of the Spirit. And so if we're having problems producing the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, we need to check our connection and who are we connected to. The other thing we need to do is to see if there's anything sucking the nutrients away from us. In, in high school and in college, I worked for a, a park district doing uh, park maintenance. And my favorite job, because it was the easiest job by far, was uh, when the boss said, hey, go out in the park and go tr- uh, trim suckers. And so uh, what you do is you take a little clipper and a bucket and you walk around the park checking out trees. And uh, you go and clip suckers. Now, I'm sure there's a, a more... Uh, official term for what these things are. We call them suckers. Uh, what, what it is is you go up to the trunk of a tree and you notice that there's little twigs or leaves growing off the trunk of the tree, right? Those serve absolutely no purpose for the tree other than to suck nutrients away from the branches. And so what we do is we come and we clip that off and then all the nutrients are going up to the branches so that the branches have all the nutrients it needs to produce what it's supposed to produce. What suckers do you have in your life that's sucking the nutrients from Jesus away from you? What is it that needs to be pruned? God our Father, Jesus calls the gardener, and He is responsible for looking after us and pruning us so that all the nutrients from Jesus come to us. And so what is it that He needs to prune away from you? Maybe it is a person. Maybe it is people. Maybe you have a a, a group of friends or people that are influencing you and and they're pulling you actually away from Jesus and, and affecting the connection that you have to Jesus and so you're not getting all His love and nutrients. And so God says, I'm going to prune you and I'm going to cut those people out of your life. Maybe it's pride and arrogance. Jesus says, or God says, I want you to produce fruits of faith, but your pride and arrogance is getting in the way of your connection with Jesus and, and all His nutrients can't flow. And so you're not producing kindness, you're not being gentle, and, and you're not having patience. And so God says, I'm going to send something into your life to humble you a little bit. We need to prune away that pride. Maybe it's self-reliance. I don't want to rely on anybody else because nobody else is reliable. And what we're doing It's all about me. I can do it. I can do it at the expense of my relationship with God. I don't even want to rely on God because I'm so self-reliant. And so God says, we need to prune you. And so God says something into our life that we can't handle, that we need to rely on other people for, that we need to rely on Him for, and it prunes away that self-reliance. Maybe it is people-pleasing. Maybe it is people's love and acceptance that, that we need pruned. Because we love to have people's love and acceptance at the expense of love and acceptance from God. And so God sends somebody into our life or people into our life who maybe don't love us, who maybe don't accept us. No matter how hard we try, we can't have their love and acceptance because they won't give it to us. And God says, we're pruning that from you. We're pruning your need to have this love and acceptance of people so that you're relying on me. Maybe it's intellect. 
We're a sophisticated person. We're smart. And because we're smart and intelligent, uh, it's affecting our relationship with Jesus. Because, well, there are parts of the Bible, I believe, but I don't believe all of it because I'm too sophisticated for, for those parts of the Bible. And so God says, I'm going to humble you a little bit here, and we're going, to take, we're going to help you with this because your intellect is affecting what kind of nutrients you're getting from me. And he sends something into our life to, to help us with that intellect problem. Do you notice something about all of these examples? Do any of them sound fun to go through? Absolutely not, right? Pruning is not fun to go through. It's uncomfortable. It can hurt. And so how do we react when God starts to prune us? We run away. Sometimes. Sometimes the pruning process starts, and we want it to start because we want to be more reliant on God. We want more nutrients. But, but we get into it and we say, you know what, I don't really want to go through this, and we don't let the process take its course. <clears throat> Sometimes, the thing that God wants to prune from us, we don't want to let go. And so we hold on. And we stubbornly hold on, waiting and trying to avoid being pruned. And God says, you're not going to receive full nutrients if you do this. And it affects our connection to Jesus. Sometimes, we even rather disconnect ourselves from Jesus for a little bit to avoid the pruning process. And if that's the case, Jesus has a warning for us, but he also has an encouragement for us. If we were to continue down in this section of John, just a few verses later, Jesus says those who disconnect themselves from the vine, the branches, what do they do? They wither, they dry up, and they die. And then they're only good for one thing, and that is to be thrown into the fire. And if you carry out that metaphor, what's that mean? If we disconnect ourselves from Jesus, we dry up spiritually, we die spiritually, and then we're only good to be thrown into hell. That's the warning. Here's the encouragement. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Think of the context here. Jesus is walking with his disciples. Uh, If you know the context, in the upper room, Jesus, where they celebrated the Last Supper, Jesus had multiple conversations with his disciples. One of them being, Jesus said, Disciples, look, all of you are going to desert me and, and leave tonight. And do you remember how Peter responded? Not me. All these other people may leave you, Jesus, but not me. And Jesus says, Peter, I'm telling you, before morning, you're going to deny knowing me three times. And Peter says, nope, not going to happen. He needs some pride to be pruned, right? And yet... After that conversation, Jesus and his disciples are walking. That moment hasn't happened yet. And yet, look what he says to his disciples. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. How can he say this to the disciples? How can he say it to you and me that we are already clean? 
This is what we call the theological word justification. It means you are declared not guilty. Because you see, when you're connected to Jesus, when you're connected to that true vine, not only does He prune away your pride and your arrogance and your self-reliance and all these things, He prunes away all of your sin. He prunes away and cleans all of the mistakes that you've ever made because you are connected to Him. In just a few hours, Jesus was going to go to the cross where He would die. And there, He died to clean you of every single sin that you have ever committed. Every single sin that you will commit. And in the eyes of God, you are clean 100% of all of your sins. This is what Jesus is saying. You are already clean. It has nothing to do with how much fruit you bear. It has everything to do with your connection to the true vine. And when you are connected to Him, that life source, you are eternally clean. Thank God it doesn't depend on how much fruit we bear, right? It depends on who we're connected to. And through Jesus, we have that clean cleanliness of the forgiveness of sins. And how does He do it? Through His Word. In His Word is where we hear about Jesus about His perfect life in our place, about His innocent death, about His resurrection. It's in His Word that we continue to hear again and again that our sins are forgiven. And it's through the Word that He cleans us of all of those sins and mistakes. And Jesus says, Remain in Me. Remain in Me. And when you are connected to Me, what naturally happens? You bear fruit. You bear fruit. And so that's your last point. Oh, I'm sorry. First, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Remain in Jesus and you will bear fruit. If you're having a hard time producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Focus on your connection with Jesus. Don't focus on fixing other people. Don't focus on dealing with the symptoms. Deal with the root of the problem and it's your connection with Jesus. When you focus on Him, you will be connected to your life source and He will flow those nutrients to your heart. The nutrients of forgiveness, of life, His joy, His peace, His love. And once it takes root in your heart, it will naturally flow out to your hands, your mouth, your feet, your thoughts, and you will produce the fruits of the Spirit. So remain in Jesus and you have life. Remain in Jesus and you will naturally produce fruit. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for being our life source. Uh, Through you we receive the forgiveness of sins, life eternal, and the peace and joy that come from knowing our sins are forgiven and death is conquered. Lord, we ask you to please be with us and and help us to focus on our connection with you. Uh, As we struggle in this world to produce fruits of faith, uh, we know that when we are connected to you, we will naturally uh, produce fruits of faith because through you, we receive everything we need to do just that. And so uh, as we go about our lives this week, help us to focus on our connection to you first and foremost. We ask all this in your name. Amen.